What's up, everybody? This is Alternate Take, and I am your host. Welcome back. On this episode, we went back into the music game, baby. That's right. And it was uh, very exciting, to say the least. We brought on musician Pat Guagdagno. And uh, I've been a fan of Pat's fucking since like 2007, 2008, I think. Uh, great musician out of Jersey. And uh, it was just a fucking great time to be able to talk a, talk with another music head and get deep, wasn't it, JB? Yeah, it was super cool. Uh, especially like for you, when you, you get to talk music with someone, uh, their eyes light up, yours light up. And uh, especially for a person who does covers, you're usually not a big cover guy. Mm. Like you hate, for the most part, you hate all covers. Yeah, that's true. So for this dude to be so good that even for you to be a big fan, it's crazy. Because, yeah, you've always played this stuff ever since we were little. Yeah. And, uh, I get all recently, emotional and shit in the corner by myself. Yeah. Yeah, you play uh, Don't Let Us Get Sick, and you start crying, and I'm like, what <laughs> Dude, are you I wasn't crying, to? dude. Dude, I wasn't crying. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm like, what, what is that? Like, that's that's really good. And then here he is. Now here we are. Interview. It was a great interview, and it was a great time, man. Um, we went over a little bit of how he got started and all those things, and, you know, can't wait for you guys to hear it. So without further ado, I bring to you the great musician. Pat Guagdagno. Alternate Take listeners, what's up, everybody? Thanks for joining in. Today, we have the great musician, Pat Guagdagno. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Danny. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. But we do this with all our guests. We always like to start from the beginning, man, because uh, that's what forms uh, usually what kind of person you are, or in this case, what kind of musician you are, you know? So if you don't mind, start from the beginning. Tell us from the Jersey days. Um, I've been I've been in Jersey all my life. And, uh, just uh, started uh, started playing the piano when I was a young kid, and uh, got into got into guitar, and then saw the saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. Decided to uh, and start a band. And, uh, started playing pretty much in high school, and uh, and went on from there, and, and pretty much doing the same thing I did in high school, <laughs> and making the same money too. <laughs> That's funny. Were you ever like uh, influenced to play music, like by your by your folks or anything like that? Or yeah, it... yeah, my parents were real supportive. My older brother Mike was a uh, was is a great musician. He uh, started as a drummer. He played in uh, he played in bands uh, in our garage, and that's really what's got me going. Got me, you know, wanting to start my own band, listening to his and there. And then uh, later years. Uh, he went on to law school, became a lawyer, and, and would occasionally come back and play with me once in a while. Still, we get together um, in a little jaunt I do down in Key West every year. He comes in and plays with me. So that's oh, cool. man. That's awesome. Way too cool. Same little setup for me when I was a kid. But uh, my, my folks, they, don't, they can't play an instrument to save their lives. It was more just they love music, and they're like, okay, fuck it. It's a new hobby for you. We'll, we'll buy you a guitar. But we're going to buy you a shitty one. And, and, not, and not until you get good at that one, then you'll get one that's a little bit more expensive. And then... You work your way up, you know, so it was earned for damn sure. Yeah, it's got to be earned. It's, it's like we're going through it with my with my grandson now. Like I could have I was going to buy him a guitar for Christmas, but he's not quite, you know, he I want him to really, really want one, you know, get it. So it's weird. It's weird on the other side of that. But the, you know, I had a guy, I had a guitar when I was got a Mickey Mouse guitar when I was about you know six years old. So I guess that's what started. But um they're, they're real special the guitars, just speaking. I'm not a guitar geek, but uh, I love the acoustic guitar. That kind of sound when I was a kid, hearing that sound on, on my brother's uh, 
old folk albums, Peter, Paul, Mary, and Bob Dylan albums, things like that. The sound of that acoustic guitar really kind of formed what I wanted to do. And then I heard, uh, you know, people like Richie Havens and Jose Feliciano. They were uh, big influences in how I play. Wow. Yeah. What, what were the what were the biggest ones when you were a kid? The ones that you're completely in love with where you couldn't just stop playing their records? It was, uh, I, I think, I was when the, uh, I just, a live, uh, live Richie Havens album uh, came out when he was talking about, uh, he talked about his favorite Beatles song and he didn't know the words to it and he just played it and did da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And that really kind of spoke to me when he did that. And then John <laughs> Sebastian came out with a live album where he was just having fun with his audience and, and doing songs, uh, you know, off the cuff. And, and, and that kind of formed what I would do in my, uh, in my career. I just have, I have fun, you know, uh, at, at my shows and go anywhere that the audience takes me. And I think it's, that's probably where it started with those two albums. Yeah, I think it's <clears throat> I think it's very apparent um, in your music that you have the same same style, um, and it's it's very unique and it's very cool. Uh, that was the first thing I noticed when I heard your uh, your record for Live at the City Light Saloon. Is there's the opening? It's almost like a like a comedy gig. Like you're doing you're doing jokes in the beginning, which I thought was funny, and then boom, straight into the straight into the music, and it's beautiful. And then you'll even I heard, like you'll bring a bit back later on in the show. <laughs> phenomenal! I was like, yeah, look at my dog, man, telling jokes. I love it. Yeah, they're never scripted, but and uh, it always because you know you always I always get my energy from the crowd and the people that come to see me, so that's what forms the show. Right. Oh, one hundred percent. And you're yeah. right. You you do have a very unique acoustic sound. You know, where you're definitely you know it's 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 pleasing on the ears to say the least. It's unbelievable, man. How did you? Thank uh, you. I appreciate that. It's it was uh it's been a long, long, hard road. Uh, to just to, um, you know, I, I've never really tried to, to sell that to anybody because it's not much of a, uh, it's, it's not much of, you know, not much you can sell. I, I'm not a writer, uh, more of an of a entertainer or producer or, you know, creator of, uh, of music. And uh, in, in, the, uh, in the era of singer-songwriters where these incredible songwriters are actually good singers too. Like when Paul Simon came around and, and the Beatles actually started it and then James Taylor and uh, it kind of took uh, songwriting. It, it put songwriting in a different light uh, back in the, uh, back in the, in the, in the fifties, the days of like Sinatra and, and Tony Bennett and things like that, all the uh, entertainers revered the songwriters and they, they took the songs from the songwriters who were the pros and they delivered them. And uh, then the singer-songwriter thing came around and, and it flipped around and you were kind of a persona non grata if you didn't write your own music. And it's been that way for a long time, but I, uh, you know, I'm proud of what I do. Oh man, <clears throat> I'm telling you, dude, like most, a lot of the, a lot of the work that you do, the covers that you do, I, I listen to them more than the originals. It's, it's, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's phenomenal stuff, man. I'm telling you. Um, one of my favorites, of course, being Don't Let Us Get Sick. Um, you know, yeah. when I when I when I was a kid, I wasn't into Zevon. Uh, I didn't even know who he really was until like around 16, 17. Right. And then, man, when I figured out who he was, it, it just it changed everything for me. Man, it was and I'm I, and I like everything. I'm, I'm a Metallica kid. You know, I'm a 
I'm a Springsteen kid. I'm all over the place, <clears throat> but I never heard work so vulnerable like that before. Yeah, it was, it was so different. It was so clear and concise what he was trying to tell you, what his emotions were. And, and, it, and it makes you emotional. And you're like, oh, shit. And his storytelling was just phenomenal. On like, you know, Muhammad's radio and Frankie and Jesse. Uh, James. So you're like, come on. This is just like it was just different. And but at the same time, it's something it's hard to sell to somebody else. So it's a very it personal. Right. It's not. Is it not? So it's a he was a very personal musician for me because I was like, I love this, but I don't know how I can tell everyone, like, go check out this record. You're going to love it because I don't know if they're going to. I just right. I just know that I'm I fucking love it. So I'm listening to Warren Zevon for like three, four years and I'm in love with his his records. And then, you know, I then California Cage comes out and then I and you're the first cover I hear on there of Warren Zevon. And like the whole theme of the show is essentially Warren Zevon. And I was like, this is fucking, it was weird. It, I'm not like a big destiny guy, but it was weird how it all played out. And I was like, this is like almost, almost fate sort of, this is, tell me that whole process with California Cation, how that came about. That was a really, um, as, as you know, like I said, I, I, I haven't, uh, I'm a really lousy businessman <laughs> and, and don't, don't sell myself or my shit very well. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of happy where I am, but that, uh, that song came around and I, uh, I decided that I heard the line in there. I'm lucky to be here with people. I like who causeth my spirit to shine. When I heard that line in the Warren Zevon song, I said, that's really the, what I want to express to these people who have supported me and have helped me, um, you know, do this for a living for God knows 50 years. I wanted them to know that they were, an integral part of what I do that caused my spirit to shine. And I heard that and I, uh, I used the quote on the album cover and I closed the show with that song. And uh, at the time, it was about at the time, um, you know, uh, I put it up on, um, on CD baby and it, and it got, just got out on the internet. I was doing everything I could to get it out on the internet. Don't know what I did. But someone in uh, in California was listening to, looking for alternative takes on Warren Zevon music, and they heard it and brought it to the producer of the show. The show was a big Warren, he was a big Warren Zevon fan, the director. And they said it really fit with the song, but they didn't know who I was. So uh, they called, uh, they said, call uh, somebody call Springsteen's camp and find out if this guy's legit. <laughs> and, uh, they, he's Springsteen's tough to get a hold of, but they uh, somebody in there knew somebody in Springsteen's camp that that knew me or said you know vouched for me, and then they contacted me and and asked if they could use my song. And I said it, it's changed my, my world. It really did. It's introduced me to people all over the world. And you know, just like you discovered it, you would have you wouldn't have. Uh, you wouldn't have found that, you know, if it wasn't for for Californication. And it's just, and it keeps it keeps on giving. It keeps on, you know, multiplying and keeps on introducing me to to friends, you know, every day. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a magical song. It really is a magical song. And and I I've played at this point. I think I've played your version more than I played Zevon's. You know, and it's it's honestly crazy. It's I played it over and over, and I've had friends go like, "Fuck this song, beautiful man. Who sings this?" I'm like. It, and then I'll, I'll fucking jam them up. I'll, I'll give them a hard time. Like, you don't know who sings this? Get your fucking. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <clears throat> God, 
but it's kind of funny because I, I watched that and I'm, I'm trying to get, try to get more in tune with what's the electronic thing that's going on. And I notice on, uh, on, at, when, on, uh, Apple, Apple music, Apple music sends you, um, sends you information on where your song has been, who's listened to it and how many, you know, how many listens you've had and where, and, and that where it's, you know, for some strange reason in, in, in Beijing, it was listened to, you know, uh, and they have a, a they have a, a, a feature on there called Shazam. And it says how many times people have Shazammed that song, which means oh, wow. they heard it and they Shazammed it and they tried to find out who it was. And that's kind of, that's kind of a cool thing. I, I get that every month where, you know, 50 or 60 people Shazam that song to find out who it was. I don't know where that goes, but. I love it, man. I love it. What were your other uh, like major influences as you got older for like when you're making your records and stuff and you wanted to start creating more music besides Yvonne? And I see I see a lot of Springsteen. I see uh, I see a lot of great covers on there that are just phenomenal work, man. Well, thank you. You can't really grow up in this area and not be influenced by uh, by Springsteen. He I, he was a, a major influence when uh, on. On me when I was a kid, because we used to we kind of grew up same a couple years older than me so we were going and discovering bands i discovered his band when it first started out and wow i just noticed that there was something about him there was a glow about him there was something about him that that, you know a lot of people saw but the first time we went to see him was at a ymca dance in uh in marlboro he was with his band called the castiles that's right uh, he wasn't singing or and he didn't sing. All he did was stand up there and play guitar. And that just the way he presented himself on stage, I just, it floored me. And then uh, we started following him and then, uh, you know, got to, you know, start watching every evolution of his band. And then, uh, and then when he finally came out with the, uh, with the album, with the first album, it was like, uh, you know, it was all stuff that we didn't know. Because we knew all the songs from his second album that he didn't do, but this was album was you know John Hammond wanted him to do certain songs and he did. And it was like, where's he going with this stuff? And he came out <laughs> the second album. But it was, but he was a he was a, he was a big influence on everybody in this this uh, in the area here. Yeah, <clears throat> it's funny. I hear a lot from from Jersey folks that like it was either like you bought all in where you're like, man, yeah, this is, this is a different person. This is Elvis and James Brown had a baby. He's this and, I, and I'm in, or some people that are like, you know, I'm from here. I don't, I don't have time for this. I want to put on black Sabbath and leave me alone. I've heard, I've heard that too, whether you're like, you get, it's too much. You're just getting thrown Springsteen at you a thousand percent, you know, all the time that and Sinatra and, you know, it can burn you out a little bit. Yeah. But it was a rare, uh, you know, it was, it was a, he was a rare uh, mixture of a performer singer and guitar player and writer because he was really really good at all of them he was you know he's he's up there with the best performers that ever were i mean with he was in my book he's up there with michael jackson with with uh with any of the best performers who ever ever lived and he puts on a a, you know as much as what i did learn from him that i saw was that he uh he leaves everything on stage he empties his tank every night and that's i learned that at a really young age and 
I think that that's what's uh, that's what you have to do if you're not if you're not writing from your soul, you have to sing from your soul. And he was able to do both. And since I don't write, I found a, I I sing from my soul. And I think a lot of people notice that. A lot of people respect that. And that's I think what my but my niches and it's all it comes from from watching him as a young kid it yeah it really you know, was an influence. it's very apparent it really is um that you sing that way because i've heard a lot of people um do renditions of different songs and some are great some are shit you know whatever um yeah. but yours you can and i'm not talking about you but some just in general people that do that um but yours are you can tell that that's what you're singing from your gut you can 100 tell um and the emotion comes through the to the goddamn speakers and that's that's what the difference is is Ooh, it, it's it is a, a game changer when, when i i've heard that first song with don't let us get sick and just this morning i was listening to no surrender and i was like god damn man this is this is fucking unbelievable you know that's one of my favorite songs especially when it's done acoustically i like the original song too right I'm at a fast pace but i love when bruce does it slow i love that's my favorite when he does it that way and i like when you do it that way too it just sounds for some reason that song sounds like it was meant to be slow than it was fast. It's perfect. Sometimes it is. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, I recorded Born to Run too. Uh, oh, his Born to Run, and uh, in a you know kind of a slower kind of way, and, and not not to be different or not to be gratuitous or not to just be, you know, to sl slow it down, but to to express those lyrics. I mean, those lyrics in that song are are kind of get lost in in the, the. It's a great rock song, and there's so much going on in there. It's a great production. And, uh, and a lot of, you know, a lot of times you, when you hear it slowed down or when he used to do it on piano, just like that, you, you hear what those lyrics are. And it's a great lyric writer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite. I think um, I saw a cover of a, it was a Glenn Hansard when he did a Drive All Night. And you're like, what? The, this is like just, yeah. just different, man. Like when, when it's slow, I mean, that song's already slow. But um, man, like I, I think it's a fucking talent when someone can break down someone's lyrics and then actually emphasize on that because that's really what's going on here like you said the song is fast and it it's like you you want people to appreciate the lyrics so you're making it slow yeah. on purpose so people can understand how fucking phenomenal this is and man it's he crazy. also wrote you know dancing in the dark which is a piece of shit so <laughs> you know you know he's, he's not he's not infallible he had monica from friends all right that's all yeah, that matters. right <laughs> Which actually funny. I, I I every time I saw that song, I hated it. Says God, what a sellout! What a stupid fucking song that is. <laughs> and then, uh, um, uh, I was I was doing a uh, I was doing a um, my buddy Brian Kirk does this uh, Springsteen birthday bash, and uh, he invites me to open it up every year with my with my acoustic born to run. And we do it at the Cal Basie Theater, and uh, one of his guys. Uh, Dave Dave Pershing did a version of Dancing in the Dark really slow. It was fucking beautiful, man. It was yeah. like, hey, uh, maybe it is a good song. And I just was I was busting his balls all these years. <laughs> I hate when I hate when you have to eat your own crow in a song that you fucking. Really I know, and I'm, I, I'm thinking like at a couple of shows I was almost started doing it. And I said, no, I can't do that. It's a piece <laughs> of shit. But I'll end up doing it eventually. Of course, you always got to double down first. You're like, nope, these are my beliefs. Everyone, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So <clears throat> besides Springsteen, when you got later on into your work, what, what were the other people that you decided, you know, those, these guys are growing on me or even artists today that you think are, are different in your eyes that, that have made an impact on you? 
Um, it's funny because you, when you, uh, you grow up doing this, you're always looking for, you're always looking for, for Fadi, always looking for stuff to help you, stuff to, to, uh, to feed off of and to grind up and to turn into something. Uh, and then, you, you know, uh, I discovered that, uh, I discovered that Dylan was, um, you know, had so much magical music, so much magical lyrics that I started doing a, uh, started doing a lot of Dylan songs and we started this thing called Bob Fest, which is oh, wow. a, uh, it's a, I do a, I do a tribute to, um, to, we did it on his birthday one day. I just got into a, went into a club and sang Dylan songs all night long. And then the next year we decided to, to, to do it for real. And we, uh, we put this, uh, put this show together and I've been doing it for 25 years now. Wow. On his birthday, we do, I put a big band together and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a ton of fun and it's, there's so much, so much work there to be able to, to play with. It's, it's great. And it, you know, it's, uh, and people like it, people like it. There are people that, that say, well, I wouldn't, you know, not a big Dylan fan, but, uh, I'll go see your, your show. And that's fun. We do that in, uh, in at the Count Basie theater in Red Bank around Dylan's birthday every year, around Memorial Day. And we started taking it on the road. We're going to take it out to, uh, out to California, out to San Diego. Oh, no way. Shows out there. And then uh, he was a big, he's a big change. He was a big, he was a big influence on me. And then uh, always uh, discovered John Prine very late in life and started. And the later you get, the more, the further on in your career you get, you start to go back to, listening to music like you did when you were a kid when it didn't have to be anything where it just meant something to you it didn't have to be something well i'm going to take that song i'm going to work on it uh it wasn't work it was just play and uh i discovered tom waits that way um what an incredible uh you know storyteller he is and uh and it's something about like it's like uh the Mavericks. I love the Mavericks. Raul Malo is, is an incredible singer. And uh, I love listening to what they do. And the whole thing they have in common is a lot of times they do their own music, but they take, they take other songs and turn them, turn them around and do them their own way. So. Wow. I, I like that you mentioned too, like how you listen to music when you're a kid. It's, it's, it's so different. It was different. And it's harder to do when you get older and, and when you get to, and, People all the time tell me that, you know, I'm not a musician, but I'm a really good listener. I said, that is as much an art anymore because I play, I, I meet so many people that don't allow music to mean anything to them. They're just, you know, they they listen to the radio and they're told what the top 40 great songs are. And those are the ones that are, that they have to listen to and they don't explore it and they don't know how to listen to music. They don't know how to make it special. And it's an art to be able to do that. And I'm lucky to have uh, to have people like that in my, you know, in my fold in my audience. Yeah, who cause it to your spirit to shine? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let music do it, and you lose that when you when you do this for a living. You kind of lose that innocence. And uh, I remember, you know, listening to listening to Wooly Bully and being being in love with a girl and, and thinking, my God, you know. That's those lyrics mean something to me, and it had nothing to do with, with anything. You know, just songs about what they did. And when you heard, you know, it's, it's just. Uh, but now, 
And that was before videos. And now videos are around to tell you what the songs mean. And it's, it's kind of weird too. Yeah, I think it, I think you're 100 percent right. You nailed it on the head about listening is a skill. It's just like it's just like kind of like basic level intelligence where you don't have you yourself. You don't have to be a super smart person, but you but you knowing when someone's smart and choosing to take their advice and wisdom, that's also a skill. So it's the same it really thing. Is. It's the same thing as music. It's the same thing with music or you don't have to be a musician yourself, but understanding how to pick out. All right. That's talent. All right. Wow. That is <clears throat> that is special. That one. That one hits my heartstrings. I want I want to sit down. Fuck my phone. I don't even want to look at it. I want to sit down. I want to be in this moment. And I, and I think that's a huge talent. You're right. And appreciate what it does to you and, and let it do something to you. It's like thirst for knowledge, man. It, it, it helps you. It's feeding your brain, feeding your soul. If you let it feed your soul, it will. And, you know, and sadly, you do lose that. And, and then, you know, later on in life, I've, I've been able to, to, to let it. So I've been able to enjoy my shows more. Um, I used to be so, so worried from the downbeat to the, uh, to the last, to the last song that the show was going to go and it was on the track and it was, everything was going to go right. And uh, now I'm able to sit up there and perform and enjoy it and take it in. And that's, that's another, uh, and be like an audience member to enjoy the show. And I think that helps your performance too. Oh yeah. It's got, it's kind of like a, like a spiritual little ritual you got going on there too, because I'm imagining there's some moments where you're kind of out of your body. You're like, Holy shit. Like looking at yourself playing like, damn, man, like this is, like you said, like I'm a fan and I'm a performer at the same time. This is this is a beautiful moment. Yeah, well, I'm also really good at, at at hiring musicians that are that are really talented and better than I am to do my shows with me. So there's a lot <laughs> of times when I'm sitting up there saying, "Damn, I wish I could sit out there and watch this show." <laughs> yeah. We just did a uh, we did a Van Morrison uh, kind of a, I hate to call them tributes, but what they are is just it's just a celebration of Van Morrison's music and. I had some incredible musicians up there. We had uh, we had the original uh, vibes player and uh, the original guitarist from Astral Weeks. Oh no way! Did the show with us, and it was just uh, it was just just working with them was just incredible. It was just a fun fun night. Yeah, he's a, he's another one too where I, I didn't dive deep till I got older for sure. I because when you're a kid, everyone knows Brown Eyed Girl, and you get beaten over the head with that shit. And right, we haven't done that once at a Van Morrison show. Thank you. That's that's like. <laughs> Someone doing born in the USA for Springsteen. You're like, get out. I don't have time for this. I, I want to hear the real stuff. And <clears throat> yeah, he, he fucking penetrated my soul. Like a, like a motherfucker when life got later, like when you hear the, and the healing has begun, you're like, Oh my, oh my God. God, what the fuck? I or, hadn't uh, heard, oh, sorry. I hadn't me. heard that until, cause we do the, we close our show with the healing game, oh. uh, which is another incredible song. And I heard, uh, when the healing's done from that new movie that just came out, I heard, uh, um, the one you just mentioned, mm-hmm. the healing's done. And I said, wow, this would be nice to combine these two together. So we didn't have time to do it on this show. We're going to do it on the next show. Oh, but he's awesome. incredible. Oh, it's and insane. it's all about healing. It really is. Yeah. There's so many songs that we are like, I can't even believe like someone, there's someone this good or like a dweller on the threshold, such a random, like just beautiful fucking song where the guitar work on that album, it's just, it's phenomenal. And that's the beautiful part about listening to music is I think it, for me, as you get older, you're right. Life, life, life pressures come along. You get work. You know, you got your old lady in the air. You're getting ear beatings from your boss. All kinds of shit. It's, it's, it gets busy. And sometimes it can push you away from really sitting down and enjoying music. And, and there's nothing like it from when you're a kid. And then it, and when it reignites again when you get older. I think that's really good. Poetic champions compose. 
Right. That's what he said. Poetic champions compose. That's a great line. Oh, yeah, exactly. I remember being a kid and just going to record stores and just like, oh, like the fucking just staring at the artwork, you know, and then the whole process like th- that is the one thing that reignites it for me. When I go back to record stores, there's one in my uh, in my neighborhood here in Fullerton, California, and uh, the guy who owns the store, it's called Black Hole Records. The guy who owns the store, anything you buy, he's he has a backstory about it. Oh, man, that record, that record right there. Oh, man, 72. Great year. Blah, 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 blah. And he was gone for like a good fight. And I love it. It, it brings back like that's how I used to be when I was a kid. And I and I love seeing that because then I'll stay in this fucking store for an extra hour just talking about records with the guy. It's a it's a it's a great experience. And it's it's a it's when it's reignited. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, it does. It's it's been it's been a friend to me for a long time. And I just I'm going to be lost without it. Yeah. So what's what's like the touring uh, schedule like ever since uh, post COVID? Like you guys are back full throttle now. It's been crazy. And we, we you know, I. Uh, had a year and a half off basically. Yeah. That was really great to, you know, to get down and, and stop, you know, stop churning and stop, stop working. And it kind of put me in a good place. You know, I was, uh, I was sick with COVID for about a month. I was hospitalized for, for two weeks and a pretty reflective time because, you know, I knew some people who did not come out of the hospital and I was lucky enough to get out. And lucky enough to get treated, and uh, and so we're, we're hoping to get back. You know, we got back uh, over the summer. Things were starting to go 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 pretty good, and now all of a sudden, uh, you know, it's it's locking down again, and it looks like it's going to continue to lock down. I have a my next tour is uh, we'll start uh, we start up in, in New Hampshire at the coldest coldest. Uh, place in, in the country and from there i go down to straight to key west and i'll be there for uh about two three weeks so hoping that tour goes through hell yeah awesome are you gonna ever be in california we're working on uh working on uh oceanside san diego area awesome. bob fist there we did one there two years two or three years ago and it worked out really well so we're working on doing that out there Oh yeah, that's where my brother lives. He lives Oceanside. So you do that show, I'll I'll, I'll be there. It'll be a hell. Oh great, yeah. I'm gonna I'll send you a uh, I'll send you a promo for what we're trying to do. We're trying to work out there. And, uh, I loved it out there. We did Oceanside two years ago. And then I started watching Animal Kingdom. What's it? What's that? It's a uh, it's an HBO thing, and it all takes place at Oceanside. I'm watching this thing. It says, I know that. I know that. And they're in a bar. <laughs> says, I know that bar. I see we're just there. It's uh it's a really cool uh, uh, series on HBO. You should check it out. Check it out. Well, Mr. Gogdogno, if you had any last message to give to any fan of yours or to uh, just the average listener of music, what would you tell them before before we take off here? Um, let it happen. You know, let it let it happen. Let it uh, you know, let it soothe your soul. Uh, it's, it's got that ability if you let it happen. Yes, sir. I love it. Beautiful words. Thank you for coming on the show. I had a great time, man. It's, it's Thank always, you for uh, very much for having me, man. God bless you. I appreciate you. Of course. Likewise. Take care of yourself, all right? Thank you, brother. All right. And there it is, ladies and gentlemen, our interview with the great Pat Dogno. Thanks for coming on the show, Pat. I had a great time, man. And I can't wait to, uh, to see you in concert, man. I can't wait to come to Oceanside. That's going to be phenomenal, man. All you people in Jersey, man, you got to go check out Pat. I'm, you guys already know Pat if you're from fucking Jersey, but, you know, 
Thanks again for coming to the show, man. I had a great time. Do you have any uh, final parting words, JB? Yeah, no, great interview. And um, for sure, when he comes to, uh, to Oceanside, we'll go check him out, and I'll make sure I get a video of you crying so everyone can see. Dude, I don't cry, dude. I never cry. I'm a man. <laughs> All right. I cry. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in, dude. I really appreciate it, dude. This is, this is Alternate Take, and I'll catch you guys later. Bye-bye.